Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. Now, being a peacemaker isn't peace at any price. It's not just acquiescing to whatever people want to do. No, we hold righteousness high. We value purity of heart. We value the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not living a life of compromise at all. No, it's not that at all. Jesus didn't compromise, but he was a peacemaker. Society tends to think of being at peace as holding your tongue and just tolerating anything and everything. Pastor Ed states in today's message that really, that definition is not exactly the one that God laid out for us. Our peace as Christians is rooted in the knowledge that we are living a life following God's teachings and the example set by Jesus while He was here on earth. We share this lifestyle with those who are in a difficult place, giving them strength and ultimately a share in the peace that God offers. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 7, with his continuing study entitled, The Peacemakers. Thirteen epistles Paul penned. Every single one of them, he introduces the concept of peace. Those churches went through turbulent times. They were persecuted. They went through trials and troubles. But trials and troubles don't have to get on the inside of us. God's peace can hold us in the midst of every trial and every trouble and every tribulation. That's the promise. Look at Jesus. His life was filled with troubles and trials. There were those who opposed him. There were those who maligned him. There were those who forsook him. There were those who betrayed him. But yet, in the midst of all of that, he could say, I'm leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. And then in John 16, he says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Peace rules the day when Christ rules the mind. Peace rules the day when Christ rules the mind. Allow Christ to guard your mind. Allow him to guard your heart and he'll keep you in perfect peace. There was a handicapped teenager in high school. He walked around on crutches. He couldn't participate in the sport and the events. He couldn't participate in the extra school activities. One day someone said, why do you always have a smile? What happened? Why are you so crippled? He said, well, I had polio. He said, well, that must have been terrible. Why aren't you bitter? He said, because it touched me here, but it never touched me here. And God's peace will keep the trials from touching you here and here. Nations are in constant conflict. I think about the UN trying to somehow work out peace treaties. I've heard it said that every single peace treaty that's ever been signed has been broken. I don't know if that's true, but I know the great majority of them have been. Listen, we can never have peace between nations until you have peace within a nation. And you can never have peace within a nation until you have peace within the 
regions of that nation. And you never can have peace within the regions unless there's peace within the community. And you can never have peace within the community unless you have peace within the home. And you can never have peace within the home unless there's peace in the hearts of those who live in that home. Peace comes only through the Prince of Peace. And God promises us that if we would be poor in spirit, recognize our spiritual bankruptcy, our need of God, if we would mourn over our sins and we would come with repentant hearts to God, if we would be so transformed inside that we would hunger for his righteousness and we would be meek under his control and we would be merciful because we've received so much and then we had a pure heart you know what would happen we would be peacemakers you can't be a peacemaker without being pure in heart because you have too many agendas inside because you yourself are divided because you have too many conflicting things going on on the inside but the pure in heart can be peacemakers we are propagators of peace blessed are the peacemakers some people live in a perpetual state of being offended they do they, they get offended at everything that's because self is at the center that's because self is on the throne you know, there was a book written. The book was called The Games People Play. Eric Burney uh, labeled one of these games, these interpersonal games, Let's You and Him Fight. That was one of the chapters. Let's You and Him Fight. You know, I remember kids in my neighborhood as we were growing up. We'd enjoy seeing a fight. Well, that's the way we were. We were kids in Brooklyn. What do you want? <laughs> And so, you know, if there wasn't a good fight, we try and drum one up. We go to one guy, hey, you know what he said about you? Hey, you know what he said about your mom? Oh, man. You know what he said over here about uh, you? And so we'd get some fights going and we'd watch them. Well, some people never put away childish things. They never grow up. They pass on words of gossip. And even if some things are true, why do you have to repeat it? It seems like entertainment for them is creating conflicts. Entertainment for them is creating divisions. Proverbs 6.16 says this. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to him. And you know what the seventh thing is? A man who stirs up dissension among the brothers. God looks at us and our hearts and he asks us to be peacemakers. We need to be peacemakers with others. In Hebrews 12, 14, it reads, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. 
some people because they have a living civil war going on inside, want to create an outward atmosphere that corresponds to the inward condition of their heart and mind and soul and spirit. And so their comfort zone is this war going on in the inside. And so wherever they go, trouble follows them. Peace ought to follow us, not trouble. We're called to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. Listen, if you are constantly thinking in your mind negative thoughts about this one, that one, the other one, if you have a critical spirit, you know what's happened? Satan, the accuser of the brethren, has set up camp in your head. You need to expel him, and the Prince of Peace needs to come into your mind so that you begin to think like Jesus, and you begin to esteem others better than yourself. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We need to be building bridges towards others, not walls. We need to make peace between others. Not only make peace with others, but between others. In Romans 14, 19, it reads this, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Now, being a peacemaker is dangerous. I'm told that a police officer is in danger when he goes and deals with uh, domestic violence. That's one of the most dangerous situations for a police officer to be in. It's dangerous because he may be shot, he may be physically abused. It's dangerous to be a peacemaker. It put Jesus on the cross. You know what's the results of living a beatitude type of life? Jesus tells us in the last beatitude, you'll be persecuted. Don't expect the applause of the world. Now, being a peacemaker isn't peace at any price. It's not just acquiescing to whatever people want to do. No, we hold righteousness high. We value purity of heart. We value the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not living a life of compromise at all. No, it's not that at all. Jesus didn't compromise, but he was a peacemaker. It's peace on God's terms. We possess peace. It should emanate from your life. Ever notice you're around somebody, their emotions just emanate out of them? If they're depressed, it's written all over them. You know, they broadcast it. If they're fearful, it emanates. If they're angry, it just radiates. We ought to be that way with peace. Peace ought to radiate from our very lives, from our countenance, our conversation. We need to preserve the peace. So frequently, there's turmoil in the home, turmoil in the church. We have to be able to say to the world, look 
at how people from various backgrounds, nationalities, from uh, different economic standings, look how we all get together and we get along. Why? Because Jesus reigns in our heart and he binds us together because the Prince of Peace rules and reigns in his church. We need to promote peace. When people cross our paths, are they better able to cope with the difficulties of life? Do we pass on to them something that strengthens them? When people cross your path, do they feel encouraged? And are they building bridges because they've spent time with you? I remember Brother Greco. I often refer to him because I remember just his godly life. He suffered from crippling arthritis. He was in pain much of the time. But there was an aura of peace about his life. You sense the peace of God. In spite of his physical condition, he had the sense of the presence of God with him. And I could still remember warring parties. We were in a almost all Italian church, and you know how Italians can get. I'm part Italian, you know. But uh, they, they can get at each other. And he, people were ready to fight and tear each other's heads off. And he'd bring them into the office and they'd go out hug, hugging each other. Just go out, you know, friends. When people come into our presence, do we make them think better of others or worse? Oh, let me tell you what she said about you. Did you know? It's amazing. We could have conflicts in the church, whether we sing Choruses or hymns? Whether we sing fast songs or slow songs. We draw up all sorts of battle lines. We need to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. Our life is to proclaim peace, to promote peace, to proclaim peace. Our life should be a benediction. Someone said, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. You give them a piece of your mind, you'll lose your peace. It's been said, where people are praying for peace, the cause of peace is being strengthened by the very act of prayer. For they themselves become immersed in the spirit of peace. My final and last point we're ambassadors of peace. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. In that Greek language, in the order of the words, it goes like this, that they, no others, shall be called the sons of God. What God is saying here is they, they alone, are going to be the sons of God. Those people who spread the message of peace. Those people who bring others into relationship with God. We ought to be evangels, as it were. We ought to be those spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. People are in conflict with one another. They're in conflict with themselves because they're in conflict with God. Until you get it right with God, you're not going to get it right with others. When you get it right with God, then you'll get it right with others. And if you're not right with others you can't be right with God amen see God tells us in his word if he has something against your brother go to him and tell him 
Don't come in the church and bring the gift to the altar if you're not right with him. God's watching how we respond to one another. He watches our relationship to our spouses, our relationship to our children, our relationship to our co-workers. See, that's all an act of worship to God. The responsibility of our relationship. In Ephesians 6.15 it reads this, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The Bible tells us that we're to have our feet shoed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Where there is war, where to bring peace. During the Second World War and afterwards, there were men in the Japanese army that didn't hear that the war was over. And for decades after that, they continued to fight. They continued to shoot. They continued to stay in their foxhole in remote islands of the Pacific. Listen, the peace treaty has been signed. It's been signed at Calvary by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the war is over. We can be at peace with God and peace with one another. I like St. Francis of Assisi's prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. We have not only the responsibility of our relationship, but the revelation of our relationship. For they will be called the sons of God. It's not men calling us the sons of God. It's God calling us his sons. God looks at us and says, you have my character, you have my DNA, you have my characteristics. When we become peacemakers in a world of rebellion against God, in a world of conflict, we become like God. God initiated the peace process when he sent Jesus to the cross. God initiated the peace process when he gave his life for us. And so we are to go into a world filled with conflict in homes. Mom and dad, don't let your children grow up in a battlefield where they hear you arguing back and forth. Let Jesus reign in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Let the peace of God fill your home. It can happen. It will happen if you open your heart to him and say, Oh, Lord, come! and reign in our homes. We reveal the measure of our relationship to God in the relationship we have with one another. I want to just tell in closing a story about a man by the name of Roland Hayes. He lived last century. And he grew up in a black family in a 15-acre cotton farm in Tennessee. His father died when he was only about five years old, killed in an accident. Now, Roland Hayes got involved in a church choir, and he felt that God had given him a gift of singing. He said, I believe that God has called me to sing a message of peace and brotherhood around the world. He went to Boston, and there in Boston, he said, I I'm going to, fill a concert hall. 
and let people come and hear me sing. He tried to get sponsors, and he couldn't get any. So he had this ingenious idea of writing to the richest people in Boston and said uh, in a letter, come and hear the great concert artist of the future. He's speaking of himself. Inviting them to his first public American concert. And uh, the cost was $1.50 a ticket. You know, he did all that work, and it was packed. He made $2,000. Back then... In the 1920s, it was a lot of money. And there was someone from California that heard him, and they invited him to do a concert there. And then they talked about there was something about him that was different. And he decided to go to Africa to trace out his roots. And he was going to go via London. And when he went to London, he ran out of money. And he was asked by a pastor to sing in the church. And then the king of Queen of England were there. And they heard him. And they invited him to the palace to sing. And there he sang. And there the men who inspired him were there. Caruso was there. And others. And then he got an invitation to sing in Germany. And he was going to sing at Beethoven's uh, hall. And while he was en route to go there, he stopped at Prague. And the American council said, you can't go. I have bad news for you. We have to cancel your concert in Germany. You have to cancel. The French have taken over the Rhineland. And they're holding it with troops made up of Negroes brought from America. The Germans are furious. No black skin will be able to sing in Germany at this time. He prayed about it. He decided to go anyway. And so he went. And he was there at the Beethoven concert hall and they pulled up the curtains and he was there with his pianist a a black man and all of a sudden the people began to boo him they began to hiss and he prayed he said God what will I do and suddenly it came to him he said let's sing Beethoven's this is my peace and as they heard one of their favorite pieces being sung suddenly the audience turned and changed. And as the concert went on, he sang some of the Negro spirituals, he sang some of the plantation songs. At the very end, some people rushed up to the platform and they boosted him up on their shoulders. And they began to applaud him and parade him. He became the hero of the continent. And that was an inspiration to solve the conflict between France and Germany at that time. God's put a song in our hearts, a song of peace, a song of God's presence. They say in the sea, in the ocean, and if you go about 25 feet below the ocean, it's that sort of cushion of the sea where it's all calm. There could be a raging storm. On the surface, a tornado could be blowing, but those fish, or if there's a submarine in that cushion of the sea, they're not even aware of the turbulence above. We need to go deep into Jesus. There is a place in Christ where perfect peace 
keeps us in the midst of all of the disappointments of life, in the midst of all of the turmoils of life, in the midst of all of the conflicts that may come and all of the tragedies that may bang on our doors, we can have peace that passes all understanding. It's ours for the taking, ours for the receiving. The Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 is one of the most well-known portions of Scripture in the whole of the Bible. In this text, Jesus talks about loving our enemies, fasting, and properly judging. Each day here on Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will be teaching through the Beatitudes. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 845- 462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.